please turn your Bibles to Psalm 147. Psalm 147. We've been talking about sharing our hope. And uh, we need to be careful that we're not forcing our hope on people. <laughs> okay, we're sharing. This is a restful thing. And we need to be restful as we do it. We need to flow in the Holy Ghost, all right, and not just go out there ready to attack someone with the gospel. Remember that you are sharing good news. You might be excited about it. And sometimes, you know, I was overexcited when I first got saved. And I tried to save everything, you know, every rock and every dog and everything that I could find. Because it said, you know, to all creatures. And I thought, well, that, <laughs> I took it a little too literally. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, we are the salvation for this entire planet. Do you know that? If we do what we're meant to do, we will stop things from happening that shouldn't be happening. We literally are the redemption of this planet, and it's because of God in us. It's not because we're anything, it's because of whose we are and who we belong to. And that's why the Apostle John was so excited when he said in you know, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Behold, you know, first he said, you know, what manner of love is this that we should be called the children of God? And then he said, Behold, we are the children of God. He said, Look, we're his kids. That's why they couldn't kill him. You know, as much as, as great as all the other, other apostles were, they, this one they just couldn't kill. Do you know why? He wouldn't let them. He realized God loves you too much, he won't let you kill me. Family, it is up to us to take the next step. We need to take those steps and move forward. God is waiting on, you know, we're, we think we're waiting on God. He's waiting on us. I believe we should have gone home a long time ago. This is just my little thing, okay? <laughs> I reckon we're, we're kind of over time now. And so believe for things because God is willing to do extraordinary things if we can believe. Amen? And one of those things is, is, is sharing our hope. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It is huge in heaven, but it doesn't have to be like a difficult thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. All right, so let's get to our confidence boosters because I've got a lot of things to share with you. Remember again, uh, we looked at some of the things before we got to this. One of the things that we looked at was that Jesus said that he will teach us how to fish. Remember his teaching, he will, he will teach us how. Amen? And we're going to look at some other things in a minute as well. Remember first, confidence booster number one, what was it? Everybody has what? The same basic longings that you do. Everybody has it. And you need to know that and you need to speak to that as the Spirit of God leads you. You know, you are meant to be bearers of good news. Amen? You have great news and some great stuff in here. That's why, you know, you need to be careful what you focus on. If you're listening to preachers that are saying doom and gloom and everybody's dying and it's terrible and it's never been so bad before, <laughs> it has. Just go back a little bit. I think, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, who did the screw tape? C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, you know, he says, you think you have it bad. You know, he was talking back, 
uh, about a, probably about a hundred years ago now, okay, about a century ago. And you know, he at that point in time, everybody was saying, "Oh, we have it so bad." And he just goes back in time and he talks about all the all the persecution that the church has gone through, and he said it's no different. It just takes on different forms, and we need to get out of that mentality. Amen? And we just need to live our life now, and we need to trust God like people always have. That should never change. Amen. Okay, so I did it again, didn't I? All right. So, <laughs> uh, booster number two was, a confidence booster number two was, every, everybody has the same questions you do. You need to know that. You know, you might have got to the place where you don't ask a lot of questions anymore because God is looking after you in so many different ways. Praise God, you know. But, I, you know, think back a little bit because I had questions, especially because, I, you know, I came from a Buddhist background and I had a lot of questions. And people have those same questions. They're asking questions. That's why you need to be led by the Spirit to find out what is it that's on their mind. Amen. It won't be anything brand new, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it won't be, I wonder where that flying saucer came from, <laughs> okay? No, it'll be, I wonder where I'm going to get my next meal from, or, okay? Am I going to get a promotion then job, or, you know, is my baby going to be okay when it's born? And You know, everybody has the same questions. You need to find out where they're at. That's why this is relational. Amen? Okay. Number three, most people don't really know what they believe. They often contradict themselves. Listen out for that. Because people that are trying to convince you that what they believe is truth and it's, it's a higher truth than yours or, or it's different to yours, but it's all the same, you know, and whatever, they'll contradict themselves somewhere. Because you have the truth. See, you need to understand the power of the truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. There's no other way. Oh, there's a lot of ways. No, no, Jesus said, I am the way. Then he said, I am the truth, which means everything else isn't truth. It might have some truth, but it isn't the truth. And he said, I am the life. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say, I am a life. He said, you want life? I am the life. That's why he says, the thief comes to steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen? Or full life, which is what this church is. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, number four. This is what we're on to now. Anyone can be saved if I listen for the key to their heart. This is so important. That key is either their unmet need or hidden hurt, or both. <laughs> The way things are right now, probably people got both of these happening in their life. Now, we looked at unmet needs last week, so I'm not going to go back over that. But what I want to do today, because I've got so much to cover, I want to go and look at hidden hurts. I've told you to turn to Psalm 147. We'll get there in just a minute. Remember again that, you know, if we are truthful, we'll know that some of the greatest pain that we suffer is pain that you can't see. It's beneath the surface. They're hidden hurts. That's why I call them hidden hurts. You know, it's one thing to, to see a hurt on the, un, on the outside, but so many people care. You know, you see somebody with a cast or something, and you kind of go, oh, all right, you, you know, you sprained something, you broke something, and we kind of look after them a little bit extra because, you know, we're we imagining or we kind of know they're in pain or in some kind of discomfort because we can see that. But how many people are hurting on the inside? We have no idea. 
And then we go and we talk to them and we <laughs> add to their hurt sometimes, okay? Because we all don't know what we're saying because we don't know that they're suffering on the inside. And that's what makes it so bad because, and you know, the, the thing that people need to know, and I said this to you before, is they need to know that God sees that hurt. God knows that they're hurting. And if you are sensitive, he will speak to you about their hurt. Amen. Because he will allow you to minister. See, he's looking for ways to love people. Listen to me carefully. And you are a way that he can love them. By the words you speak, by the comfort you give them, they will see God's hand and they will see God's heart. Amen? And don't ever underestimate that. Because you can bring hope in situations where they think it is hopeless. There is no way out of this. I don't know how many times I've thought that in certain situations in my life. And I just thought, this is impossible. There's no way out of this. And you know what? God came through anyway. I mean, He just does stuff, you know? And you just stand there with your mouth open thinking, what? <laughs> how did that happen? And then you just worship him. See, that's why we worship God. People say, well, now worship God. Now for what? Oh, just worship him. No, no, no. Please take a moment to remember all those impossible things he's done in your life. You will find worship coming out of your heart and your mouth before you know it. And it will be true worship. Not one of those fake shandai, shandai, shandai. Okay, I worship God. What was that? <laughs> okay, Don't do stuff like that. I know people used to force us to do that, you know, in the other churches and stuff, but I don't want you to do that here. You worship from the heart because that's what he sees. Amen? And be truthful about it. And be thankful. Forget not all of his benefits and all of the miracles and all of the supernatural things he's done in your life. My goodness, there's so much. All right, <laughs> let me get to, stay on topic. All right, so, <laughs> I've said here again, life can hurt you, people can hurt you. Remember again from John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've said this before, he has left no one untouched and unmarked. He, has, he attacks the entire human race. He does not have favorites. Even those people that, you know, kind of do stuff for him, he still attacks them. You know, it's, it's, it's just like, no, what was it? Uh, it's just like the scorpion, you know, who, who asked, what was it? was it? Was it a fox? You know, he was trying to get to the other side and he says, give me a ride. And the fox says, no, I'm not going to put you on my back because you'll sting me. And he says, no, no, that, well, that wouldn't benefit me at all. I want to get to the other side. I promise I won't sting you. Halfway, in, you know, as crossing over, he stung the fox. And the fox said, why did you do that? He goes, it's just in my nature. <laughs> and they both died. <laughs> you know? that's, that's how the devil is. He comes to steal. Don't believe anything he says. He'll make all kinds of deals with you. But it's in, in, in his nature to rebel. He already did that. And it's in his nature, you know, to be deceptive. You know the two things about the devil? He's subtle and deceptive. Means you don't know he's around and he attacks you. And he puts the blame on everybody else. Have you noticed? He never points to himself. The world still doesn't know he's there. 
They all think everything is God. Something good happened is God. Something bad happened is God. There's never a devil mentioned. Have you noticed? Can I tell you something? Anyway, okay. <laughs> the good news. What's the good news? The good news that you bring people is that even though Nobody may see what they're going through, no matter whatever hurts they've got, that God does see them. This is what you minister to people, that God knows about those hidden hurts that are in their life. And if they just let him, he will heal every hurt they bring to him. Let's go to Psalm 147, verse 3. 100, uh, Psalm 147, verse 3. I could use a lot of different scriptures. This one was a really good one. It says he, talking about God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You might go, whoopee, no. <laughs> let, me, let me just break it down a little bit, okay? The word brokenhearted, listen, in the Hebrew, describes a heart that has been crushed and smashed to pieces. Do you see that now? Has people, you know, have you seen people that says, my heart has been crushed? You know, there's nothing there. There's nothing left. You know, somebody has just done a number on them. And, he, and the word heal, okay, when he says he heals the broken heart. So it's broken. You know, when we think broken heart, we just think like a little heart and it's got a little crack in it and everything. That's not what this is talking about, okay? This is a crushed heart, all right? And the word heal here means to mend to cure, to cause to heal, and listen, to thoroughly make whole. It describes the process of taking something that has been crushed or smashed into pieces, listen, and skillfully putting it back together. Oh, I like that. Skillfully putting it back. Only God can skillfully put your heart back together psychiatrists and all them fellas can do so much, but only God can do something miraculous. They'll help you deal with it and all that, and I love them and thank God for them because most Christians will be in rubber rooms today, okay? And so, you know, but thank God for all the help we can get. But there is better. Amen? And we always want to go beyond the natural to the supernatural because it is supernatural, Hallelujah. It can do things that the natural world has no way. It has no, it hasn't the means to deal with spiritual things. Are you all with me? So I love this verse because it talks about a heart that has been crushed and smashed into pieces and a God that skillfully puts it back together. In fact, it says in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 in the Hebrew text, in the Hebrew text, it says, I am, I am Jehovah Rapha. But in the English translation, this is how they say, it is, again, Exodus 15, verse 26, the last part, for I am the Lord who heals you. But that's what it is. It's Jehovah Rapha. Okay? He's actually got a name that is healing. Isn't that beautiful? One of God's names actually means healing. So everybody that says, oh, healing has passed away. I didn't know one of God's names passed away. When did that happen? He says, I am who I am. If I am healing today, I am healing forever. He sent his word and it healed. Wasn't that just Jesus? Yeah, but remember what the Roman centurion said? 
When he said, I'll come and heal your servant. And he said, no, Lord, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And he sent his word and it healed them. The word spoke the word and the word went and did the job. We can still do that today. It is the same word that we have. Amen? Hmm. Okay. Added to this, we haven't finished. <laughs> Added to this, the word wounds. You know where it says he heals a broken heart and binds up their wounds? The word wounds, okay, means wounds or pains and actually makes reference to the pain that comes from being brokenhearted. Did you all get that? Told you there was a lot in this verse. Okay, so when you're brokenhearted, you know that pain that you feel? The thing that de debilitates you, that stops you from getting out of bed? You just think, you know what, I just can't, I can't do it. And I know this is, especially in the case when, you know, somebody's lost their partner. You know, the hubby or wife has, you know, passed on to be with the Lord and they just, and they've been together forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and they just, they just can't. They just think, I feel like a part of me has died. You know, and they're just in that place where they just, their heart is in pieces. And the pain that they feel is what it's talking about. Are you getting this? And so what this verse of scripture tells us is that not only does God miraculously and supernaturally put our hearts back together again, but while he is doing it, he also makes sure to bind up, that word bind up means to bind up and bandage those wounds and hurts in an effort to bring relief to the pain caused. That's the reason why in the New Living Translation, it puts it this way. It says, he heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. Did you get that? It's all the same thing. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. How many times have people said, I've just felt like there was just a grace on me, you know, as I'm going through something. And God's working on me, but there's this grace. That's the binding. Hallelujah. And you just, you, and people go, how are you managing? It's just the Lord. Amen. I have, I have been through that. Okay, more, one more. I can't leave you with one scripture. One more. Listen, listen. This isn't just, of course, it's for you. But this isn't just for you. You know, I, you know, I was looking at all this and thinking, we should be in a position where we're past all of this, that we are ministering this out to people. But if, if ever we need it, it's there. Amen? And so you need to know what's there, walk in the truth of it, so that you can minister it out when needed. You can only minister out what is real for you. So make this real to yourself. Walk in this. Isaiah chapter 53, let's go there. <clears throat> I want to look at verses 4 and 5. Boy, this, this scripture is one of the scriptures I memorized <laughs> when I became a Christian. It was so powerful. It went off in me. And it has always been there ever since. Because it starts with the word surely. Oh my gosh. That, that word is so powerful. It didn't say hopefully. It didn't say, well, maybe. If it hasn't passed away. Okay, it says, surely. Amen. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's no question about this. 
And he says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You got griefs, you got sorrows. Surely he's carried the thing. Why are you carrying it? Are you getting this? And he says, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. The New Living Translation says, we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But I like the word but because it wasn't true. It says, but he was wounded for our transgression. The word transgression means rebellion. Whenever we messed up, when we did all the wrong things, he was wounded for that. Not for anything he did wrong, but for everything we did wrong. Amen? He says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know the word iniquities is mischiefs <laughs> and moral evils. Mm. Isn't this good? I mean, it's bad we do it, but isn't it good that that's what, what this is talking about? So don't ever stand there and go, oh, you don't know what I've done. Oh, he does. And he paid for it with his life. So stop standing there and taking punishment for things that don't belong on you anymore. Do 1 John 1, 9. If we confess, if we acknowledge our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness because of this. Because He took it all. Amen. He came here to free us. Can we receive that freedom? That's the good news. See, I'm giving you good news. This is what you need to preach to people. Okay, all right. I know you like it, but you need to get this back out, man. Okay, all right. Because people will take it on themselves. They say, oh, brother, you don't know what I've done. You go, oh, probably not. But Jesus knows, and I don't want to actually know. But, you know, he knows. He paid for it. I'm here to tell you the good news. You can get out. You don't need to live in that anymore. Oh, that's good news. Makes me happy and jump. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry. And, and he, this isn't, isn't over. He says the chastisement or the discipline for our peace was upon him. So those people that don't have peace. See what I love this scripture so much? Okay, for those people that don't have peace, here is a price for peace. It's been paid. You don't have to do, climb mountains or do any pilgrimages. The price has been paid. Receive it. Just receive the thing by faith. How? Receive the Lord. Receive the love gift. His name is Jesus. I don't want religion. He's not religion. He's a person. Please don't insult him. <laughs> you know, okay? He's, a, he's like you. He's got feelings. Would you like to be called a religion? I hope not. I hope not. I don't. Okay? I'm a person. I have a name. Okay? So does he. It's Jesus. Are you getting this? All right. I haven't finished yet. And by his stripes or wounds, we are physically, that's physical healing. How do you know that? Because everything else is talking about emotional. Now we get all the way to the bottom and God takes care of everything from your emotions to your peace to your physical health. Everything was paid at the cross. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Huh? We thought it was because of something he did, but he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities, uh, chastised for our pieces upon him. And with his stripes, we are also healed. Praise God. You know what this tells us? There's nothing that the devil can do to you, any part of you, that a price hasn't been paid to get you out. Get you back to a place of absolute perfection with God. Wow. We need to get this revelation. It's being paid with just not withdrawing. Wouldn't it be sad if somebody deposited, you know, 50 million bucks in your bank account? It's all been paid. And you're living on crackers and cheese. Or whatever, you know, okay? All you need to do is go to the bank and withdraw. It's all there. Daddy isn't poor. Daddy owns everything. Cattle on a thousand hills. And the hills. And, you know, I mean, he owns all the land. He owns everything. And it all belongs to you. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul says that. Remember, we, you know, we don't have time for that today. Okay. Th this is part A. I need to get to the second part. Okay. <laughs> so that's what God can do for those who are willing to receive his love gift, Jesus Christ, and allow him access to their lives. So whenever you're sharing with someone, that's what you share. When you get to know them, when they are sharing their hurts and their pains with you, which they'll only do once they get to know you. You don't usually share that with strangers. Amen? That's why this is relational. Amen? And you talk to people. You don't talk at them. And you probably have done this without realizing. Probably people have spoken to you, and you've said, you know what? Even if when you said, let me just pray for you, would you allow me to pray for you? People you don't usually say no to that. And you pray something and you pray for God's intervention and you pray for God's blessing on them you're doing it you're opening you are actually giving hope to them you are sharing your hope and then they'll come for more and there'll be a time when you say you know what this works so much better <laughs> okay if you just receive God's love gift that doorway that you can just walk through and become his child and then you can have direct access to everything what church do I have to go to? No church. We encourage you to go to church, but that's not the deal. This is about you and God. Now, you want to learn more about your rights and everything? Go to church. Uh, the right one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come here. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know what everybody else will say to you. All right. <laughs> go somewhere else and go, I thought it was meant to be good news. Yeah, yeah, here it is good news. Okay. So... <laughs> All right, so I've said here again, again, as, as wonderful as all this is, as mentioned before, all this will take time uh, to get to and minister to people, remembering again that you are fishing, not forcing. Always remember your fishing, okay? And why you must exercise patience and not be in a hurry to witness to people. You must learn to do as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and that is quietly enter their world. Remember in verses 19 through 23, I believe, just quietly enter their world through listening and genuinely caring about them and allow the Holy Spirit to open the door for you to have a conversation with them about God. Do you get this? Amen? Remember, it all starts with you. If they like what they see, 
they will listen to what you say. Did you all get that? Most Christians are obnoxious and you want to slap them, let alone listen to them or share anything about your personal life with them. Because they just come across as holier than thou. Please don't do that. Remember what Jesus did with the woman that was taking adultery? He didn't say, well, my goodness, how could you do that? <laughs> okay? He turned to everybody else and said, anybody without sin, cast the first stone. And he was the only one qualified to do it. That's why he said to her, neither do I hmm? condemn you. But he said, go and sin no more. You don't want this happening in your life all the time, man. This is not good. <laughs> this is not a good lifestyle. And she followed him after that. Oh, hallelujah. That's the way it works. Praise God. All right. Now, here's a truth that will bless you tremendously. Listen carefully to the whole sentence. There is only one way to God the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. Okay, John 14, 6. However, there are many ways to come to Jesus. Do you all get that? <laughs> okay. There's only one way to God, but there's a lot of ways to Jesus. Okay. Now, when we look at the scriptures, see, that's why we must be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. All right. When we look at the scriptures, we find that people came to Jesus for different reasons. Some came to him for a miracle. Remember Jairus? Okay, uh, uh, the Roman centurion, some came to him because they had questions. Remember Nicodemus? We know you're from God. I have some questions. <laughs> and then he threw him for a spin. All right, some came to him because of shame or loneliness. I've, I've mentioned the woman at the well and also, as I said to you before, the woman uh, who was taken in adultery. It's no different today. That's why you go fishing, right? You check to see, do they have questions? You know, are they dealing with some sort of guilt or shame? Do they have a need in their life? I know today sometimes people say, well, you know, people need to just believe in Jesus and come to Jesus and, you know, we're not here just to meet needs and everything else. You know, it's a funny thing that Jesus healed them all. You know, whoever came to him, he healed. He didn't check first to see anything. Are you a Jew? Let me see the... <laughs> okay? Nothing. Whoever came to him, he healed them all. I reckon there's a few bad Gentiles in there. Some morally, morally questionable people and all sorts of... He healed them all. Are you all with me? People might come to you because of fear or guilt or shame or stress. Pain, suffering, physical needs, emotional needs. They might even be in a financial crisis, especially in the, you know, the way the atmosphere is today in the financial realm. But that's what we're here for. And you need to be walking in that freedom to offer that prayer and that hope and to be able to release your faith. <clears throat> so that's what you're looking for. What is it that they're struggling with? And if you really want to reach somebody for the Lord, you need to take the time to find what they're unmet need or hidden hurt is, and in doing so, find the key to opening up the conversation and leading them to the solution they're looking for, their connection to God. That's really what they're looking for. It's not you. It's God. They need to know how to connect to him. Amen? And it's only done through his love gift, Jesus Christ. All right. 
last one, confidence booster number five. People have excuses, but we have God's Holy Spirit and the truth. This is, this is massive when it comes to who's on your side. Okay? Now you know what they're dealing with. Now see what you've got working for you. Okay? Uh, in situations like this, the Holy Spirit and the truth are always... Whenever you, know, you get into a situation where people have all these excuses, always remember that you've got the Holy Spirit and the truth and it will always win out every single time because it's the truth. So, but that's only as, <laughs> you'll win as long as you never give up, as long as you walk in love. Remember uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. I like to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Oh, really hard. I don't know about all that. <laughs> okay. Oh, let me read it again. <laughs> okay. Love never gives up. You know what? I've had enough of that person that said that. You know, forget about it. You know, until God says, let go, don't. Love never gives up. Love says, I love him too much to let go. Now, if the Lord says let go, then just don't hang on, okay? Because you need to let go. Because sometimes it has the opposite effect. Really? Oh. But I have a whole other section. <laughs> Can we come back to this next week? I'm sorry. They just, it's, we, I ran out of time. Okay, so <laughs> we'll come back to, you know, Pastor Verity was saying, take your time. Take your time, Pastor. We, we need this. It needs to be done right. This needs to last our whole life. And we will receive the kind of entrance based on this. Huh? I should have turned that around. The kind of entrance we'll receive is based on this. If we do this, we'll have an abundant entrance. If we just live for ourselves, it won't be so good. You'll get there when you scrape in. We want to do better than that. Amen? And, and you know what? We want to live a life that we're not only pleasing God, and that is so important, but don't underestimate the power of that. Because when you please God, there's something that goes off on the inside of you that makes you so happy and so content. Amen? That you, it's a feeling that, that just it goes beyond description. People who live for themselves have very little joy in their life. And they're looking for joy for themselves. How can, what message do I have to listen to to get a bit of joy and to help me you know, prop myself up again? Somebody said this, and I love it. He's a person who had all sorts of mental problems, <laughs> so I won't mention his name. He said, the most healing thing you can do is forget about yourself. <laughs> Amen. We think entirely too much about ourselves. If you can just say, Lord, you look after my stuff, I'll look after yours. What do you need me to do? And you know, don't, you know, don't ever think that he will neglect you. My goodness, he loves you. He, lav he will lavish things on you. He'll get embarrassing sometimes. But that's how he'll love you because you are busy doing what he asked you to do. You have a life. 
It's living for the Lord. And there are times that he'll ask you to do things for yourself as well. Like take a break. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> he won't ever work you into the ground, okay? He loves you. He, he's the best advisor. He's the best guide you can ever have in your life. He will look after you in such a way that you'll be at your best all the time. Amen. Follow that. That's what we want to be. Because it's only when we're in that place can we minister hope to people. Did you get what I just said? So for the sake of other people, make sure you're listening to the Lord regarding yourself. And you will be the best version of yourself. And from that best version, you can minister to people and they'll receive the very best from God. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, and we'll come back to this next week. Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, for all that you are sharing with us. And this is important. This is vital to our Christianity. And Lord, I just thank you that this isn't, I don't want our eyes to be in fear or focused on, oh, we don't know what to say and we'll deal with this next week, but we don't know what to say and we don't know how to witness to people. Father, I just thank you that all of that just gone. It's gone because that's not what this is about. This is about living a life to such a degree. The life that you said, Jesus, you came to give us. The life that is abundant that it's just flowing out of us to such a degree that it splashes out into other people's lives and blesses them. That's the hope that we share. It's an excitement, and it comes from a gratefulness to you, God, for all that you're doing for us. And you just, we just want to share that that same God can supply all of their need and look after their hurts according to who he is and all of his riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. So I just thank you, Father, if there's anybody out there right now that is watching this and they're thinking, how do, how do, I, get, how do I get in? You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 10:9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. So if in your heart you just receive Jesus Christ right now, and say, Jesus, I receive you into my heart. You're in. What about all the sin? He'll take care of it. Hallelujah. Just receive him, and he will do a miracle in your life. Amen. Amen. Amen.